the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this Monday morning, the 10th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2018. Thanks again for joining us on AM 1420. The answer, we got you for the next hour. And then coming up at uh, 11 o'clock, Mike Gallagher will take you uh, for the rest of the morning. Dennis Prager will start your afternoon at noon, then Medved, Seculo, and Elder. And I'll stop right there, but make sure that you listen uh, all day if you've got the radio on. And you do want to be educated, informed, and entertained. This is the only place to be. Don't forget, by the way, I always want to remind people, when you are trying to uh, find ways to listen to AM 1420, the answer, there are a few new ones. Don't forget our free mobile app, which is online, or excuse me, available, rather, in the uh, Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Just look for 1420, the answer. Or you can also enable your smart speaker devices uh, to listen to us as well. Just uh, enable the AM 1420 the Answer skill and then uh, tell your uh, Amazon Echo, for example, just say, Alexa, play The Answer Cleveland. And then the uh, broadcast will begin immediately. So you can take us wherever you go, listen from the comfort of your home, uh, or in the comfort of your home, rather, uh, from uh, any of those different types of devices. All right. Uh, phone lines are open now. We are open the rest of the program, 216 Triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Either one of those numbers gets you here. I mentioned Twitter and Facebook before. As much as I despise the platforms, I will make use of them as necessary. Radio done right on Twitter. Radio done right, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. France Radio on Facebook. F R A N T Z Radio again. No, oh, no spaces, no underscores. Now, I want to start this hour talking about our freedoms. I want to talk about our. Uh, our protected freedoms by way of the Bill of Rights. I want to talk about our um, freedoms to express ourselves as we wish and our freedoms to raise our children as we wish and our freedoms to look out for and to protect children 
by our by way of our consciences, and yes, in some cases, our religious beliefs, provided those things do indeed protect children. The Alliance Defending Freedom, it's an important organization. We talk to them on a number of matters. Of course, Alliance Defending Freedom was the uh, def- uh, uh, legal uh, defense team that got victory in front of the Supreme Court for Jack Phillips, the cake maker, Masterpiece Cake Shop. Well, they've taken on another case that has to do with our freedoms. You know, there was the freedom of Jack Phillips and his company, his uh, shop, his cake shop, and his services to decide which types of events he will serve and which ones he won't based on his religious beliefs. It's simple, and it's reasonable, and it's obviously constitutional as decided by the Supreme Court. Well, uh, very similar situation here, but perhaps even much more important. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys asked a federal court on Thursday, this past Thursday, to stop Albany, New York officials from targeting a faith-based adoption provider because of its religious beliefs. New Hope Family Services faces the interruption of adoption placements and the immediate phase-out of its adoption program if this religious, Christian, nonprofit organization doesn't immediately change its policy of prioritizing the placement of the children it serves in homes with a married mother and father. ADF legal counsel Jenna Halleck says, Every child deserves a forever home with loving parents. For over 50 years, New Hope has served New York by offering a comprehensive arm-around-the-shoulder ministry and walking with adoptive couples and birth parents to place children with adoptive families. Protecting these nonprofits does nothing to interfere with other adoption providers who hold different convictions. But eliminating new hope as a faith-based adoption provider means fewer kids will find a forever home. Fewer adoptive parents will ever welcome their new child. And fewer birth parents will enjoy the exceptional support that new hope has offered for decades. In short, everyone loses if the government steps in and forces new hope to shut down. Since its founding... As a religious nonprofit ministry in 1965, New Hope Family Services has placed more than 1,000 children into loving adoptive homes throughout the state of New York. New Hope's mission is to be Christ's hands extended, to offer hope and help, uh, hope and help to people with pregnancy, parenting, adoption, or post-abortion needs in the Syracuse area and throughout the state of New York. End quote. Because of their mission. New Hope operates as a pregnancy resource center, temporary foster placement agency, and adoption agency. New Hope has never accepted uh, any state funding, and besides the fees paid by adoptive parents, it funds its ministry through support from churches, individual donors, and private grants. In other words, this is not a publicly funded organization or adoption service center. It's private and it's Christian. As such, it prioritizes its Christian values when placing children with families. But according to the complaint, the New York State Office of Children and Family Services sent New Hope a letter in October following a site visit the state agency made to the nonprofit. 
The uh, OCFS, that's the Office of Children and Family Services, uh, letter praised New Hope's program for a number of strengths in providing adoption services within the community, one of which was the strong emphasis on assisting the birth parents in making an informed decision for their newborn, providing them the time to make the right decision, along with a supportive and detailed adoptive family selection process. Everything sounds hunky-dory, right? Because that's exactly what an adoption service center should provide making sure both the birth parents or birth mother in the event of a single uh, individual, making sure they are comfortable and that they are not pressured and that they have all of the time that they need to make the right decision. And then the adoptive parents, making sure that they you know, uh, are able to provide the type of forever home that a child needs. So everything is fine, except for the fact that, that the Office of Children and Family Services in New York State changed their minds later in the month when it reviewed New Hope's policy and procedures manual and singled out the nonprofit's policy regarding child placements. OCFS described the policy as discriminatory and impermissible, despite the fact that New Hope clearly articulates its beliefs to its clients and face no formal complaints from prospective parents due to the policy. In other words, there was no one complaining or filing a lawsuit against this agency saying they've been discriminated against. This is just big government sticking its big nose into a place where it does not belong without even having a complainant. complainant. OCFS provided an ultimatum. That New Hope would must revise its policy or submit to close out or submit a closeout plan for its adoption program. Adoption providers exist to help children, not to affirm the desires of adults, said ADF Senior Counsel Eric Stanley, director of the ADF Center for Christian Ministries. There is no reason for the state to single out and punish those who hold the belief that the best home for a child includes a father and a mother. Children in Syracuse <clears throat> throughout the state and across the country, will suffer if this hostility toward faith-based adoption providers becomes the status quo. The lawsuit, New Hope Family Services versus Poole, asks the court to protect New Hope from being singled out, punished, or disfavored because of its religious beliefs, beliefs that motivate its care for orphans, women facing unplanned pregnancies, and married couples struggling with infertility. Robert Gennett, more than one of more than 3,200 attorneys allied with ADF, is serving as local counsel for New Hope Family Services in the case, which has now been filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of New York. This is such an important case. I wanted to share this with you. Most of that was right from ADF itself. I just wanted to share this with you because this is the, this is the landscape now in the United States. This is what we face as we attempt And when I say we, I'm talking about those of us who truly believe in the nuclear family, the culture that we have adopted, that we have evolved into since the beginning of our civilization. What has made us what we are? It is a belief that the nuclear family, including a father and a mother, raising children who learn values, Discipline, respect, laws, and yes, faith from a mother and a father. Those are the things that have separated us from so many other cultures. And that's not to disparage other cultures. 
It may. It may disparage it, but that's not the intent. It's, that, that may be a byproduct of this. But the re, there's a reason why we have not just survived but thrived as a culture, an American culture, in the way that we have for the last 250 years, roughly. We do it better than everyone else. Why do you think those caravan migrants don't want to stop in Mexico? They want to come all the way through Mexico, even though they've been offered asylum there. They want to come to the United States. Why are people breaking the law, risking their lives to get to the United States? Because we do it better. There is such a thing as as, as American exceptionalism. I don't hide from that. I don't shrink away from that. I proudly announce that. I broadcast that. Some may call that jingoistic. Some may call that uh, ethnocentrism. And maybe all of that's true, but I do not shy from it. We do it better. And what is it that has made us, you know, what the nation that we are? At our core, we have been a nation of families, raising well-adjusted people from birth to adulthood with loving fathers and loving mothers because each of them provide a certain element in a child's life that the other cannot. This is why, this is expressly why, the statistics bear out what they do. The children who are raised in homes that do not have a father and a mother, married, united, providing them all of the different answers to their questions, expressions of of love and of faith, and again, of discipline, of morals, of values. This is why children who are raised in homes that don't have that are so much more likely, statistically speaking, to run away, to turn to drugs, to commit suicide, to end up in prison, and beyond. It is a moral compass that guides organizations like New Hope to say we want children, when we place them with adoptive parents, to have all of the advantages of what made this civilization and this country what it is. The nuclear family raising children in this manner. We're not going to put kids in a position where, statistically speaking, they're much more likely to end up in a very, very bad place in their lives. Now, it's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that every adopted child placed with a mother and a father is going to turn out perfectly well-adjusted and able to con- to contribute to society and be successful and to survive and thrive. And there is no guarantee that if they're placed with something that is less than that, that they, that they, uh, that they will fall apart. But statistically speaking, this adoption agency is right to try to place kids with a mother and a father. And the fact that the state of New York stuck its nose in without even having a lawsuit filed to complain about discrimination or anything else is another horrible example. Another horrible example of big government trying to get in the way of what we know to be best. All right, I'm a little long here. Apologies. It's 1023. We'll get out and come back in again. If you'd like to weigh in, I'd love to hear from you. And I can tell you this as an adoptee, it matters. That's right. I was adopted at the age of one. I know what I'm speaking of. It matters. I would love your thoughts as well as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. B-L-E. 
You know, it's just that our our freedoms to exercise our own values um, are just being chopped away at. I won't even say whittled away at. They're being chopped away in great big chunks so much and so often. It's uh, it's getting a little bit disturbing. It's getting a little bit concerning, uh, honestly, about the direction we're headed. Speech being threatened, uh, Second Amendment rights being threatened, uh, assembly being threatened, freedom to practice our faith being being threatened, being forced to place children in homes that you do not believe are going to be in the best interest of the child, uh, based on statistical analysis and on faith. You're not allowed to do that now? Well, if New York, the state of New York wins that uh, lawsuit, that will be the answer. That will be the case, yes, which is just... Um, it's just astounding thing to uh, think about. Uh, let me squeeze a phone call in here before the bottom of the hour. Todd in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Todd, go ahead. Todd, can you hear me? Todd can't hear me. I think I'm having a glitch here. Can you punch up line two for me over there, Samuel, because I'm having a little bit of a glitch on my end. Uh, Todd, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I got you. Go ahead. Sorry about that. The, to- the topic prompts three questions. The thing that you said <laughs> while I was on hold prompt one. Let me get to the one first. Okay. So, did you ever get an opportunity, or have you had an opportunity to get to know your actual biological parents and your family that's connected to your bloodline? Loosely, loosely, not not okay. very closely, but loosely. Yes. Here are the three questions, okay. and I, they come with this comment. I don't. I'm not against the um, the way they run their agency. So I wanted to, but I did want to know: Do they prohibit um, any children going with um, parents that are not married, whether they be heterosexual parent? I mean, heterosexual. Adoptive parents or homosexual. According to what I've read, they don't. uh, It doesn't say anything about prohibiting anyone. It says they prioritize married mothers and fathers. So that's like that's that's best case scenario. You know, choice number one is that's what they want to do. That's reasonable. And then the second question is, do they prep the children that are of age to where they can be prepped? You know, you can't prep a baby for going into heterosexual. families most most preferably um that's a really good question i don't know what prep means i mean uh, i'm you know if, if children are old enough to understand that they are looking for families and you know this agency is trying to find a place for them to live i'm sure they're talking to the kids about what's important to them and so on and so forth it, i mean i think any agency would be doing that whether they're christian based like this one or not uh but to answer your question about prepping them i'm not sure quite that quite what that that means Prep, what was mean, number? Prep, prep would mean that you, you get their mindset so that, look, we want you to get adopted. It's in your best interest to get adopted by heterosexual married couples and not lean in the direction of homosexual couples or a homosexual individual. Again, I can't, I, can't, I can't speak to that because, again, it's just not in what I've, the reading that I've done this far, but I would imagine they talk about, yes, we're going to try to find you a mommy and a daddy. Because and, then the third, yeah. and then the third question, and again, I'm not against their policy. I think it's a good policy. But the third question would be, have they had any um, feedback to the um, to the state of New York about how these kids have done once they've gone into their adoptive families in their own words? Um, that would make that would make that would carry a lot of weight with me. What, what, do, mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? You, what do you mean? You mean the, the the ones that they specifically have placed? Right. If these Already? kids came, if these kids came back and said, "Hey, listen, I am so grateful for this agency having put me into a heterosexual, preferably Christian family, and these are the reasons why," that would carry a lot of weight with me if I was an administrator in the New York State 
Um, again, you know, again, you're asking very good questions uh, that I don't have the answer to because I haven't seen that much of it yet. But I would say this: um, my guess would be absolutely they do. They said they have placed over a thousand uh, children with a thousand families since they've started this agency. I would have, I, I would be willing to bet that yes, that uh, they have talked to many of the both the adoptive families, the birth parents, to make sure that they're happy with the way their children uh, were handled and the way they were placed. And yes, the kids themselves. Um, that's the kind of research. And thank Thanks, Todd, for the call. That's the kind of research I would imagine, again, any adoptive agency, adoption agency, I should say, uh, would do, uh, you know, if they want to make sure that others will put their trust in them. Thanks for the call. We'll come right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Sure. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. All right. It is 1036 now. The Bob France Authority with 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you until Mike Gallagher takes over at uh, at 11 o'clock. I've got uh, just briefly, and I'll go right back to your calls here, um, a second story um, not tied to this. Just uh, It's just coincidental that I have it um, at the same time as the story I just told you about the adoption agency. <sighs> There's an article um, in Bloomberg at Bloomberg.com about two parents who have a child that they have decided will not be identified as a male male or a female. Sorry about that. Uh, Will not identify as a male or a female until the child is old enough to decide for Themself. Uh, it's hard for me to do this, but I have to illustrate the point to you. These two individuals are both female, the two parents here, but both of them say they are male. Both of them dress male. They have their haircut male. They say they identify as male. So to women who think they're male, have a child, somehow, some way, that they are identifying as only as they. They've named the child Zoe, saying that everybody is continuing, continually asking us, is your child a boy or a girl? And so we often tell them, we don't know yet. We're waiting for Zoe to tell us. One says, I've been with my partner my husband, for 15 years. This is a female speaking of another female, saying that it's my husband for 15 years. Both my husband and I identify as transgender men, which means neither one of them is male. They're, they're biologically females. Their chromosomes and their genitalia indicate they are female. But they want to say that they're male, and now they're raising a child, which is either genetically and biologically male or female, and they're not identifying that child as one or the other, saying that their 22-month-old will decide for themselves. That's right. They use they pronouns for their little child, Zoe, because there are many gender stereotypes they're put on kids, they said. I should probably pause there and remind them and everybody else with an 
with a working brain and cerebral cortex, if everything is attached, you can understand. It's not a stereotype. It's human biology. You're male or you're female at birth, period. Everyone, forever, in the history of ever. That's it. Even those rare outliers in which male and female genitalia can be present on someone, which is extremely rare. I think the colloquial term, if not the scientific term for that, is is, uh, is hermaphrodite. But even then, they have XX or XY chromosomes, and they are identifiably one, or biologically rather, one or the other. And then the extra appendage or extra um, uh, body part because, you know, there are some children who are born with too many fingers, born with too many toes, not enough. Uh, th- this doesn't develop. Th- there are oddities that happen, but the chromosomal science behind it is not in question. Everyone is born in the history of ever as a male or a female. But they're not gonna, going to allow that to happen. And this is part of a disturbing trend. And it's not just because these two individuals are transgender which means they are psychologically very, very, very confused about who and what they are. But it's that they are passing that transgenderism on by way of their thought processes, not hereditary, obviously, but by way of their own thought processes to children. There are straight, meaning biological male and biological female couples, parents, who are doing the same thing to their kids. In the interest of 2018 age political correctness, they're allowing their kid to uh, tell them what they are. This opens up such a massive amount of problems to, to children in the forms of bullying, in the forms of confusion, in the forms of non-acceptance, in the forms of so many different things. It's borderline, and I would probably remove borderline and say it's, it's child abuse. It is abusive to not allow a child who is born biologically as a male or a female to be raised as such and to be taught. There are two genders. There are two sexes in in human biology. There are males and there are females. And then there are a whole bunch of wild, progressive creations of mental and psychological confusion that can create... 15 to 20 other genders or or, or genders or, or, or identification processes. It's dangerous. It's, it's, and, and when studies are done, and I don't have them to quote, so I'm not, this is, this is speculative, but I'm going to guess that when studies are done and released and are published, and there are probably some that have already done so, but not on a wide scale because this is still such a relatively new, millennial, progressive, horrific, politically correct phenomenon in our society. But when the studies are done on a wide scale, you're going to find a massive amount of clinical depression, a massive amount of, of, uh, of suicide attempts, and a much higher suicidal rate among these kids who have been raised in such confusing methods and, 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 and in times where you have hairy, biological, hairy-chested males trying to breastfeed children because they think they're female. And they're taking uh, uh, hormone therapy to prove it. 
These kids grow up so disturbed and so confused by everything that it cannot help but affect them in such a terrible, terrible way. I'm not suggesting this is going to be the case, obviously, in every single one of the adoptions that is not by a uh, married man and woman as identified by these um, this adoption agency in New York that I told you about. But those two stories came up separately in two different places, and I feel like it was intended as such. I feel like I was intended to see both of those together to illustrate the point. And that's why the state of New York cannot continue to do what they're doing to that adoption agency. Donnie and Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Donnie, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I wanted to talk to you about uh, James Comey, but if you'll allow me, I'd like to uh, tackle this subject. Because Please do. It's really, yeah. It's very interesting. The This is not new. If, if For anybody that doesn't realize it, this is as old as Babylon and Sodom and Gomorrah. The biggest sin of, of Sodom and Gomorrah and Babylon, and now is not so much the uh, sexual proclivity of the people that were involved in it. It was the fact that, and I'm going to use the old old school term, and then I'll use the new school term for it. And the old school term was, uh, for it was they did everything that was right in their sight. Now, the new school term for it is I'm entitled to my truth. Now, anybody, anybody with a half a brain can there are two kinds of, there's only only truth, and there's a lie. And all of this stuff that's going on nowadays, I'm sorry, but it's a, it's a lie. And there are too many people falling for it, and unfortunately this country is being inundated with this lie, just like a zombie virus. You know, uh, uh, Donnie, I think you're spot on, my friend. Uh, I feel the exact same way. I've always, I, I've always just despised that terminology. I am living my truth. I am walking my truth. I am speaking my truth. There is no your truth and my truth. There is just the truth, or it is non-truth. And enough of the my truth nonsense. So I'm with you on that. And as it pertains to the um, story itself, um, yeah, uh, it, it it is zombifying because we have been trained and we are continuing to be trained and conditioned to accept this as normalcy. When by the very definition of normal and abnormal, it is abnormal. Normal can be loosely defined as uh, the standard accepted majority status quo. That's just a loose definition that I invented on the, off the top of my head, whereas abnormal is a statistical uh, smaller, insignificant number of, of, of things that deviate from the norm. And they are trying to get this to be accepted as normal now, where children are not raised as boys and girls, which is what, again, I go back to what I said before in the, the adoption story about our society's ev- evolution, particularly here in the United States, but in other you know, advanced nations around the world where the family has indeed been prioritized, where mothers and fathers raising their children in normal gender-specific um, ways, boys being boys and girls being girls, that does not mean you're pigeonholed, and it doesn't mean girls can't join the military, and it doesn't mean boys can't be master cooks or do, do laundry or whatever. I'm not talking about stereotypes. I'm just talking about gender-specific male and female sexes and 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 identifications that is normalcy and we are now being told that what has been normal that has been uh what has built and and advanced the civilization to the pinnacle of where it ha- where it has ever been 
um, is now being torn apart so that deviancy can be the norm, so that deviancy can be. And again, deviancy doesn't imply something that is evil. When you hear somebody say deviant, it doesn't necessarily mean evil. It means different, deviating from the norm. That this different mindset, this confused mindset is now going to be accepted as the norm. What do you think is going to happen to the, to the society that was built upon the traditional, normal, male-female union, which, of course, is how all life is created and advanced, the union of the male and female, and thus the, and then the, um, the raising of their progeny, of their offspring, in the same manner. They are going to upset this to the point where normal is no longer normal, deviancy is considered normal, and the entire culture that we have built for ourselves, which has been, again, the most successful culture in the history of history, will be torn asunder. I don't believe I'm overstating any of that. I really do not. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, sir. Go ahead. I guess the old adage, boys will be boys, doesn't apply anymore in the United States, Bob. Oh, forget about it. That's over. Yeah. Uh, Getting back to the adoptive uh, question, did you expect anything less from the state of New York whose governor made the most asinine statement about two years ago that the state of New York does not welcome right-wing fanatics who are pro-life? That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a governor there that says they don't want pro-life people residing in the state of New York. So I'm sure that that filtered down to all the different state agencies in New York. Uh, so, you know, they take their lead from their governor, and, and that's what they get. Well, you know what's really, what's, what's really you know, uh, amazing about it, and, but also very expected, is you know, when, you, when, you, when you juxtapose their criticism and their order, um, criticism of and their order against a Christian adoption agencies to change their policies away from what their faith teaches is the right way for children to be raised. At the same time, those same agencies are so happy to fund the abortion industry uh, that would make these adoption agencies not even be necessary. They would rather have children just be executed before their birth and placed with a happy, uh, well-adjusted family. They would support the, you know, they do support, in fact, financially and otherwise, the Planned Parenthood agencies uh, that kill the kids instead. Yeah, hence, hence my term, Planned Holocaust, because that's all it is, Bob. Yes, it is. That is exactly you know, what it is. Getting back to this uh, transgender issue, I don't know if you've been following this, but it appears that the next Miss Universe is going to be a transgender uh, person from the country of Spain. And they've been pushing this uh, in the media. That this is all oh, a glorious day. And they feel that the uh, judges and the uh, bureaucrats, whoever's running the Miss Universe conte- contest, are going to welcome it because... There they stand against exactly. It. They have no choice. They have no choice yeah. if they yeah. vote. If they vote for somebody else to win that from another country, who's an actual biological female, they will be accused of being transphobic and not supportive, yeah. and so on and so forth. And you know what? Yeah. I would gladly take such a such a title because this is a Miss Universe contest, not a Mister Universe contest. You must be biologically female to enter it, and if you're not biologically female, go enter something else. Go enter the Trans Universe contest if you wish. Go enter the Mister Universe contest if you wish. Go do something else. But this is a female contest, and to to allow somebody to try to pack themselves into a women's bikini bottom, uh, 
if you understand my meaning, and say, exactly. nope, I'm a woman, uh, I'm sorry. It is, uh, no, no, not, not going to fly. I, w- I, would, I would gladly wear the mantle of being anti. No, you're not going to do that. I would hope that all the uh, people out there that are listening would follow the lead of an African-American grandfather I saw in a video over the weekend who went to a preschool and just raised holy hell with some teacher who put a dress on his grandson. Uh, not one day, but two days. So he went and confronted this teacher, and the first thing out of her mouth was, oh, you can't talk to me about this. You have to go talk to the supervisor. Well, this gentleman basically got in her face and said, I'm talking to you. Don't you ever, ever put a dress on my grandson because you'll regret the day that you were born. I mean, he went up one side of this woman and down the other. <clears throat> and she kept trying that, you know, oh, you can't talk to me like that. He said, I'll talk to you any way I want. He says, no, I am going to see your supervisor, and when I get through with her, I will take this to whomever. But you will never, never lay another hand on my grandson or try to put a dress on him. And he basically said, do I make myself clear? I mean, he just put the fear of God in this idiot uh, woman. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm glad to hear that story, uh, Norm, and i got to run here because I'm late for my break, but I'm glad to hear that story. Keep listening on the other side of this break. I'll give you another example of another one of those teacher stories that's the flip side of it, and I think you'll appreciate it. That's coming up right after we check our traffic one more time on AM 1420, The Answer. Solon.com. All right, ten fifty six now. The Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Final segment. I want to pl- uh, hit this very quickly. And even higher than my family ranks my faith. Like reading a sermon out of the good book. I hope you perceive the absurdity of this. This West Point High School French teacher fights to save his job. We are here today because a specific worldview is being imposed upon me. The story in question here, that teacher fighting to save his job was fired from his job uh, with the West Point School District in, uh, oh, for goodness sakes, uh, Tampa, Florida, because he refused to acquiesce. He refused to call uh, one particular female student a male pronoun. He would not refer to her as a he or him or they. He, she is a girl, and he referred to as her and she. They fired him for this, and he's fighting to save his job. This is what I wanted to tell Navy Man Norm last segment as he talked about the teacher who tried to put his grandson in a dress. There are some teachers who are standing up to this and some who are fighting, and they are being summarily dismissed, which is, of course, a huge part of the problem. Carol is in Bedford, our last caller of the morning. Hi, Carol. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. Uh, I was talking about the importance of two parents, but uh, in regards to gender, I'm a senior citizen. They told us we were going to get new Medicare cards without our Social Security. They also eliminated the gender on our uh, Medicare cards. They really did? I couldn't believe that. Wow. I What's... The so- Pardon me. No, I was going to ask, why, what was the purpose of that? But go ahead. I don't know, because all they had mentioned in the media was the lack of the Social Security numbers for safety purposes. Right. And I got, but when I got my new card, it didn't, didn't have email on there. 
Wow. Now, I, I did not know anything about that part of it, but yeah. I'm glad you called to, to bring it up, Carol, because it's another example. Thank you so much for the call. They, they're, they're doing this in various states where uh, uh, with birth certificates. They're leaving them blank and telling the parents, you can fill it in later however you want. I mean, what does that say? I mean, honestly, every statistic that we track about males and females in this country, every uh, census and everything else is going to be so skewed if people can just fill out these forms as willy-nilly and haphazardly as they wish, even in defiance of biological evidence. But unfortunately, I can't go any further than that. This is uh, That's the end. Thanks so much for being a part of the conversation today. Really enjoyed it with everyone. Stay where you are. Mike Gallier is coming up next. We'll see you Tuesday morning. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.